Hello and welcome to The Ojo Show, where we talk strategy tips and honest advice on how to play the most popular casino games. I'm Dan Grant and I've been playing casino games and working in the industry for 20 years, so I've been on both sides of the table. In this podcast series, I want to share everything I've learned to get you a fairer deal, the lowest house edge possible and hopefully some better results too. In the last couple of podcasts, I spoke about the rules of blackjack and gave you a bit of an intro to the strategy side of the game. Now it's time to look at the most common mistakes I've seen at the table. Now, these will either cost you money or they'll make the game less enjoyable, but the good news is most of them are pretty easy to avoid. Now, I'm going to run down 11 mistakes. I'd love to list them in order of how bad they are, but it's hard to make comparisons of the financial or psychological impact, so I'm going to do them in the order you might encounter them at the table. Mistake number one is not choosing the best table possible. This isn't really a mistake you can make when you play in a real casino because the chances are you're not going to have that many blackjack tables to choose from and they'll all use the same rules. But online, you haven't really got any excuse because you'll have, you know, tens, possibly even hundreds of tables to choose from. You might have European blackjack, like French, American blackjack. You know, they'll all have slightly different rules, slightly different house edges and you know not only is it easy to check the rules it's super easy to check the house edge too Um, and if you look at it this way if you've got two identical blackjack tables and one pays an rtp of you know 99 and a half percent and the other one pays 99 percent why would you go for the one that pays you less in the long run now yes there's no two identical tables with different house edges there will be a slight difference in the rules you know you might prefer you know a game that has has a dealer peak or you might have one that has surrender or, or where you can double any two cards rather than just 10 or 11 but but basically I've never met a blackjack player who cares about one specific rule more than they do the overall house edge um so how big a mistake is this well we're only talking a difference of maybe 0.3% between two different tables and house edges but you know, even that will have a little bit of an impact on your bankroll in the long run. And it's a really easy mistake to avoid. So my, my advice is just understand how house edges work and relate to the rules. Probably look for American blackjack over its European cousin because it has a slightly lower house edge and just you know check the rules of the game and compare the house edges it only takes a couple of minutes and go for the best one you can mistake number two ignoring basic strategy now we learned from the last podcast that basic strategy is a set of the best possible decisions in any blackjack scenario now most players either don't know that it exists or they know a bit about it but choose to ignore it and or they just apply it incorrectly and and the difference between using basic strategy and not can be you know losing 10 times as much money over the long run as you need to and you can be playing a game with a house edge of half a percent or a game with a house edge of five percent if you make loads of terrible decisions so you know it's a no-brainer really and i would go back to this kind of comparison let's say you've got two identical slots uh, one has an rtp of 99 percent and one has an rtp of 95 percent. which would you play it's not a perfect analogy because it's easy to choose one slot over another whereas learning basic strategy requires 
a fair bit of effort initially. Um, but basic strategy doesn't make the game less fun, and it doesn't mean you can't deviate from it once in a while if you fancy being a little bit more aggressive in a particular hand. Um, but of all the mistakes I see at blackjack tables, you know, consistently choosing the second or third best option in a hand is easily not only the most common, but the worst mistake you can make. Mistake number three, fear of busting. Now, of all the mistakes I see made at the table, this is another which is really, really common. So often I'll see a player stand on 16, even though the dealer has a half-decent card like a seven or more. Yes, it may have worked out for them in the past, but, you know, the dealer will bust 25% of the time when they have a seven. Um, so, you know, it will work out one in four times, but the maths underneath it doesn't work out. You know, if you stand on 16 against a seven, you'll lose 48p for every one pound you bet. But if you hit, you'll lose 41p. Now, yes, you're losing in both situations, but as they say in football, a goal saved is as good as a goal scored. And a big part of blackjack is is losing the least money you can in situations where you're behind. So my advice here would be when the dealer is likely to make a pat hand, a strong hand, you need to improve your hand even if it means risking going over 21 and going bust. Now, if you are worried about losing any single hand of blackjack, it you know, probably means you're either betting too much compared to your bankroll or you don't really fully understand the big picture of the game. Great blackjack players don't care about the outcome of any single hand they manage their bankroll and they make good mathematical decisions now i've made uh, quite a, an enjoyable game sound a little bit boring but if you're listening to this you presumably want to play better blackjack and those two skills are the basis of expert blackjack Mistake number four is another strategy error, turning down the chance to double when it's profitable to do so. Doubling is another skill you'll learn from basic strategy, and it's an attacking play that you have to take advantage of if you want to be anywhere close to break even when you play blackjack. Now, some double downs are easy and obvious. Let's say the dealer has a seven again, but now we have 11. Now, 11 is an obvious doubling, doubling opportunity in most situations. Now, we make 45p profit for every pound we bet if we double versus 29p if we hit that's 45p versus 29p so a pretty big difference here virtually all blackjack players will double in this spot um, but there are lots of chances to double that come up in situations where you have a much thinner edge over the dealer now let's look at it again with 11 but this time we're against a nine it's a little bit closer but we still make 23p profit on average versus 16p if we hit. And again, it's easier to make those marginal double downs if you're only betting one or 2% of your stack. So bankroll management comes into it again. It's not so easy to make these marginal double downs if you've turned up at the table with a hundred pounds and you've bet 20 quid of it or 50 quid of it and you don't want to double your stake and lose any more on just one hand. So trust the numbers, trust the basic strategy, uh, use good bankroll management and go for the jugular against the dealer when you're ahead, even if it means accepting thin margins because all of these pennies add up. Now, number five is splitting tens and splitting fives. Now, all of the books tell you never to split either of these hands. Uh, let's look at splitting tens first. Why would anyone want to split a pair of tens, which is worth 20? Well, some players who get a little bit greedy when they're up against a dealer who's got a six, they fancy getting more money into play. 
Now, it's still a profitable play to split 10s against a 6, because you'll make 50p for the £2 stake, but if you just stick with your 20 against a 6, you're miles ahead and you make a 70p profit on average for a £1 stake. That is a massive difference. You might feel like you're increasing your stake when you're in a good position by splitting tens, but you're really just giving up equity in the hand. You're going from being in a really strong position to a moderate one. Now, splitting fives, well, that's a different kettle of fish. It's a terrible play. You might read about it lots, but I've never seen anyone split five, so I'm just going to go ahead and ignore that. Number six is taking insurance. You'll come across insurance when the dealer gets an ace. You can place an extra half bet on the dealer drawing a 10 and making blackjack. And in theory, the winnings you get from this bet cover anything you might lose on your main hand. But there's quite a few problems with insurance. Firstly, it's a side bet. It's not part of your main blackjack hand. And it's definitely not a way to protect yourself against losing to a dealer's blackjack. Most people who take insurance don't know that. And they don't realize that they're now playing a new game with a house edge of a whopping 7%. Furthermore, most players who take insurance do it when they've got a good hand like 20 and they don't want to get beat by the dealer's blackjack. But the dealer is only going to make blackjack about one in three times and the other two in three times you're going to win with your 20. So don't give up any value from a hand like 20 just because you feel like, you know, the dealer always makes blackjack. Insurance is a side bet that kind of plays on people's superstitions, not on the true probabilities of what's going to happen. Plus... Even worse, you can take insurance and still lose both your insurance bet and your main hand, so it's not a very good hedge either. So my advice generally, certainly to new players, is just say no. It makes life simple. Anytime you're asked, just pass up on the insurance. The only time insurance might make sense is if you're counting cards and you know, uh, well, let's say the true count is really high and the deck is packed with tens, then insurance can actually be profitable because insurance is just a side bet on the dealer drawing a 10. That's all it is. But, you know, it, it doesn't happen very often when you're counting cards that the count is that high that insurance becomes profitable. Now, that brings me nicely onto mistake number seven, counting cards badly. Now, I'll look at card counting in a future podcast, but basically this is just a way for you to track high and low cards as they're dealt so you know roughly what's left in the deck. High cards like tens and aces are good for you because it means you're going to make blackjack more often, and low cards are bad for you for the reverse reason. It also means that the dealer will bust less often. It's a hard skill to learn, and it's even harder to apply perfectly, but lots of players like to try their hand without really becoming proficient at it, so you know, as they often say, a little not knowledge is dangerous. If you get your running count or your true count wrong, the info you're using to bet bigger is flawed and you're likely to end up losing more than if you just didn't bother trying to count cards at all. Now, the next few mistakes are what I call soft skills. They're not related to how you play your hand, but how you approach the game in general. Number eight is chasing losses. Now, this could apply to any type of betting, but it's especially problematic in blackjack because you're 50-50 to win any hand, and you know it's normal to lose four or five hands in a row, even though it doesn't feel normal. Now, it's easy for some players to go on tilt and start to bet bigger and bigger, thinking that you're due to win a hand, and then you'll win all your losses back. Now, increasing your bet size will work some of the time and you know it's bad in a way because it'll allow you to get out of jail 
but it only needs to fail once and you're done. You've lost all the stack that you brought with you. So the key to blackjack and to any gambling really is to bet sensibly, leave the game if a string of losses starts to affect you mentally. Um, and again, I'll come back to this bankroll management. Make sure that you're only betting a small percentage of the stack you've got in front of you and make sure the stack that you brought to the casino is only a tiny percentage of your general gambling budget for the year and learn to accept losing sessions there's always another blackjack game and and i look at blackjack as a lifelong game with different acts not as single isolated sessions so if i have a losing session it's no big deal number nine is one that i've definitely fallen foul of over my years at the blackjack table it's playing for too long it's easy to play longer than you'd planned partly because there's no beginning or end to blackjack especially if you're playing in a game with a continuous shuffling machine some casinos don't have windows or clocks and it's hard to keep track of time um, but why is playing too long a problem or well, aside from issues around chasing losses blackjack takes mental energy to play if you're tired then more mistakes are going to start to creep in and you can't play your a game it, your b game will cost you a bit of money and your z game is really going to cost you a lot of money um, and also you know if you're more tired it's unlikely to be as fun too so before you start to play set yourself a time limit or a number of hands and try and stick to it All right, we're almost there. Two more common blackjack mistakes to go. And these two are probably you know, the most common, certainly in live casinos. And once you go down this road, they're very hard habits to get out of. Number 10 is regret using hindsight. Now, because in blackjack, you get to see more cards come out after you finish your hand. It's easy to think that, you know, if I hadn't taken this card, the dealer would have busted and I should have played it a different way. And it's true that in some cases, um, you can see how the outcome would have been different if you'd chosen a different path. But hindsight is pointless. Unless you've got a crystal ball, all you can do is play what's put in front of you, make good decisions and try and ignore what happens next. Worse still is hindsight that allows players to berate other people and say, oh, well, I wish you hadn't done that because then we all would have won. And that's something, sadly, I see quite a lot in live casino situations. So, you know, try not only to ignore what happened next, but then, you know, don't use it to berate someone for how they played a hand. Now, number 11, our last common blackjack mistake is not fully understanding the role of luck in blackjack. Wherever there's luck involved, you'll see all sorts of mad outcomes that you didn't think were possible. Roulette, for example, is much easier to accept, I think, because it's just random numbers. There's not really any narrative um, except maybe a sequence of blacks or reds or or seeing the same number come up three times in a row. Um, but in blackjack, every hand has a story, has a narrative. Now, the dealer can turn six, the worst possible possible card or joint worst possible starting card into 21 and beat your 20 and it'll make you feel sometimes like something sinister is going on but it's just bad luck and even if the dealer is going to beat you one in 10 times in that situation and um, that means you're actually certain to be beaten every now and then in that situation so you have to accept that it's just part and parcel of the game and if you play long enough, you might even see that precise situation multiple times in the same session or even on back to back hands. And you'll really, you know, you, you'll have a bit of a meltdown and wonder what on earth is going on. But that is just variance playing out. It's, it's, it's going to make life a lot easier on you. 
if you learn about the odds and learn about variance in general, so you see each hand for what it is, which is a series of events with a range of possible outcomes, and it will help you to see that nothing in blackjack is impossible. So lots of mistakes to avoid there, some more serious than others. I might have sounded a bit preachy in this episode, but I've made every mistake there is at the table, and I still do sometimes. But hopefully this has helped you spot when you've gone off-piste and help you get back on the right track. If you want to know more about Blackjack, head to playojo.com slash blog and look for my Blackjack guide. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. See you next time, and good luck at the table.